Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of AdMail. This is Adam Bergman, founder and CEO of IRA Financial. I'm here to help you find the answers to the most frequently asked questions from my clients about self-directed retirement accounts. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of AdMail. I'm Adam Bergman, tax attorney and founder of IRA Financial. On today's episode, three really, really great questions. One from Facebook, one from email, and then one from Wendy from Oklahoma. So thanks to uh, Barry, my producer, who put together these questions. Um, Keep them coming. If you have questions, you can hit us up on social media, YouTube at IRA Financial, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Also, send us an email, info at irafinancial.com, and just write AdMail or Ask Adam. Those questions come to me. I've been getting great questions, so thanks for everyone that's submitting questions. Really appreciate it. I promise we'll get to all your questions in the uh, coming months. So let's start with question one. Can a client take her requirement minimum distribution and turn around and make a contribution to a Roth account? It's a great question. So you're over 72, you got to take an RMD, right? Assuming it's not a Roth IRA. <coughs> Generally, the RMD is about 3% of your account. <coughs> Excuse me. So let's say you uh, have $100,000 in your IRA and you have to take 3%. So 3,000 bucks, you got to take an RMD as of 1231. If it was your first year of taking an RMD, that RMD is due April 1st. But every year thereafter, the RMD is due 1231 and the value is based off 1231 of the prior year. So let's say you get 3K. You can do whatever you want with it, right? Yes, you can take that money and make a Roth IRA contribution. But two things. Number one, you need to make sure you have income. So if you're retired, just on Social Security, play golf all day, sailing around the world, you may not have income. But if you have income, you, you still do some stuff on the side or you still have work, then that 3000 bucks is free cash that you can now use to contribute to uh, a Roth IRA. But if you make more than 208000 in 2021 or 214000 in 2022, you're not going to be able to do a Roth IRA because of your income limit. <clears throat> in 2021, you can still do a backdoor Roth IRA, but the Build Back Better Act uh, has a provision that seeks to eliminate that option in 2022 and beyond. So this may be your last year in 2021. If you're listening to this podcast in 2021, then this may be your last year of being able to do a backdoor Roth IRA. So yes, if you get some free cash, well, not free because you have to pay tax on an RMD, you can do whatever you want with it. It's your money at that point. So long as you have income and you have income that's lower than 208 in 2021, you can do a Roth IRA. You can also do a traditional IRA, so as long as your income is less than 125K or 68K or so if you're single file, if you're single uh, filer. Um, so just something to keep in mind. You can also use that money, obviously, to do whatever you want, right? Uh, buy yourself uh, a present, you know, pay, t- pay credit card, mortgage, whatever. It's your money. It's after tax. Um, so again, it's all based off your income. If you have income and you make less than 208, you can just dump it into a Roth. Good news of Roth, there's no RMD. So you can keep building that income and having it grow tax-free. When you pass it, the Roth goes to your spouse tax-free. When your spouse passes, it goes to your heirs or the the beneficiaries, (coughs) non-spousal, tax-free. And they have 10 years to pull that money out tax-free. So some pretty good stuff. Question two is from email. (coughs) Thank you. Um, 
It was actually um, Bruce who sent it in. What would happen um, to an IRA and assets if, heaven forbid, IRA Financial Trust goes bankrupt? So it's a good question, actually. Um, I get this question, not a lot, but I do get it a couple times a year. So you have an IRA um, and with IRA Financial, even though we have you know, 30,000 clients, and we go bankrupt. Well, first of all, our regulators won't let us go bankrupt because we get audited every year and they will see um, they, they do a financial audit of us. We have to provide quarterly uh, financial statements and, and uh, documentation to the uh, Division of Banking of South Dakota. So they're on us. They will see a situation where um, if we're poorly managed or there's fraud, um, they'll catch it. Number two, uh, we always have insurance. So God forbid there, there's something horrible that happens, we're insured. So bankruptcy won't happen. But let's say it does, right? Let's say the regulators fail to do their job. Um, what happens? Well, basically, <coughs> there'll be a receivership. So the South Dakota Division of Banking will appoint a receivership, another trust company that will just manage the accounts and basically take over the accounts. This happened uh, in Utah about 10 years ago to a, a, an IRA custodian that had some fraud. They, they closed and then <coughs> a bunch of other trust companies were uh, appointed receiverships and they just took over the accounts. So don't worry, nothing will happen to you or your accounts. First of all, we won't go bankrupt. Um, because we have a great business, but we're regulated. We have to provide quarterly uh, financial records, uh, pretty in-depth. And then there's an in-depth weekly uh, in-person on-site audit. Okay, so the division of banking is all over this. As a regulated trust company, we, we have obviously um, <coughs> policy and procedures we must uh, face. We also have minimum capital requirements that we have to satisfy. So it just doesn't happen. You don't see this very often. And if it does, we have insurance. And if that doesn't solve the problem, Bruce, um, the, the Division of Banking will appoint um, other trust companies in the state to um, handle the IRAs. So <coughs> your, your IRAs won't, won't go away. You won't be forced with a um, required distribution or anything like that. So do not worry. But good question. Um, Wendy T of Enid, Oklahoma wants to know, I have a host of my IRA LLC that unfortunately suffered a fire whoa, this year and is now totally uninhabitable. How do I value the asset? Well, first of all, sorry. Wendy, I hope you had insurance. I'm sure you did. Um, so you can be made whole. But what happens? So each year you have to provide IRA financial <coughs> value of your IRA LLC, cash and assets um, as a 1231. So clearly, <coughs> if you had a home on that land and now that home is gone, the value is dropped. Then go below zero, obviously, because your land has some value. So in that case, Wendy, I would suggest going to a realtor or um, someone uh, locally in the real estate industry that can give you a fair market value of that property. Generally, um, when you insure uh, a property, the the insurance generally covers um, the land plus you know a um, generally the land and a, and a small price for the rebuild. Uh, yeah, it doesn't always cover the full rebuild, but <coughs> real you can at least use the land, right? You can go to property records, tax records, and get at least what the value of that land is. So that's the minimum you can use. And then if you feel like maybe there, there is some value on top of that, then maybe you want to talk to a local realtor, real estate agent, real estate professional that can give you a more independent, credible valuation based off their expertise uh, in the in the industry um, in your jurisdiction. So it's a good question, right? Valuations change, right? Prices go up. I live in Miami Beach and 
prices have literally doubled in the last um, two years. Or pri prices are up 30 to 50 percent in some areas here. One year, so prices move. And the same token, you know, God forbid a fire happens, um, the property values drop. Right? You still have the land value, but that home's no longer there. So. Just um, talk to someone in your community independently to give you a value. If you're not over 72 and you're not dealing with an RMD, then it's it's not as um, you know I'd say uh, crucial that you know, be to the penny. But if you are over 72, you want to make sure <coughs> you get someone independent to to provide a, a written value. It doesn't have to be you know a, a full formal 20-page valuation opinion, but someone who can attest to the value and sign our valuation form if you are over 72 and have to deal with RMDs. If you're not, then um, you know, I think you want to rely on, on just someone independent in, your, in the industry, in your uh, community that could uh, provide at least a value. If you just feel like, hey, it's worth the land, the home's gone, all I have is land, then you should be able to find the, the value of that land, the underlying land without the home based off you know, property tax records. So great question, Wendy. Thank you. And, and thanks to Bruce and, and um, the individual from Facebook that posted the question. I really appreciate it. Um, if you got questions, like I said, hit us up, hit me up. I'd love to hear from you. This is probably one of my favorite podcasts because uh, I get great question. <clears throat> and again, if you're not a client of IRA Financial, um, sorry, well, you should be, but we'll still, I still love to hear from you. Would you know, be more than happy to answer your question. So um, no dumb questions. First thing you learn in law school, no dumb questions. So don't be shy. If you got something on your mind, let me know. You can email info at our financial, hit us up on social media, leave a comment to a YouTube video. Um, just say, hey, question for Adam, it'll come to me. Love to hear from you guys. So um, that's it. Great um, chatting. Wanna wish everyone a happy holiday season. And um, I will talk to everyone again uh, next week. Take care.